0: Hello creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies and interests and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more, and these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Dr. Dawn Menge. Dr. Dawn has won over 41 international awards as the author of the Queen Vernita, sorry if I say that wrong, educational series, including the Special Recognition Champion Award from Conquering Disabilities with Film, um, Film Festival the best book for Miracle Makers Film Festival, and international author boss from Power Conversations Magazine. Dr. Menge has been teaching students with severe cognitive delays and she mentors and lectures. She is a pretty busy woman and I am so grateful to have her here as my last interview of 2021, which is insane. So welcome, Dr. Dawn. Hi, thank you for having me. So glad that you're here let me make this a little louder. Yeah. So last interview of 20, like this one, I don't know, I'm speaking, it went so fast this year.
1: Yes. It's been an interesting year. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: really has definitely. <laughs> has. So could you please, I just read like a little snippet of who you are. Could you please give us a little bit more background about who you are and whatever you want to say? Um,
1: I've, I have a PhD in curriculum instruction, and I have been teaching students with severe cognitive delays for over 20 years. And that is a lot of my passion and my creativity started there. And actually, my first children's book I wrote, taking a math class for my credential. And so our assignment was to write a math book and create a game. And so I put my students in my book. And it's based on the days of the week, months of the years, and the seasons, and each month is a new friend, and they have seven activities. And we actually went around and um, did it as a play, a little skit, to the elementary schools. And I would go back the next day, and I would explain my students' disabilities and their behaviors, and it was, it was an educational experience for all of the students. And I got a grant through um, Cal Poly, which is a local college. And so that's where my educational journey began.
0: Oh, my gosh. An experiential skit. What you're doing is so friggin' important. And it's opening up this awareness, which is so beautiful. Um, I have a brother who special needs, um, uh, born lack of oxygen to the brain, so cognitive delays. Uh, and it's just so important to be able to teach and show people that people are people. And yeah. to educate, because what you don't know is what you don't know. But when you're exposed, then you can have a different frame of reference. So thank you for all that you're doing.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that in our classroom, that is one thing that is actually what my dissertation was written on, is workability. So we teach our students to work in the community, and they get paid for it. And so we did a lot of that. I had a classroom for a period of time. It was in the storefront. And we got to work in the businesses, the local businesses, and my students went to the college. And so they got a lot of really amazing experiences. And they actually made, there's these little Christmas trees you can make um, with hangers, and you put lights on them and garland. And we used to make those. Our students made them, and we would sell them. And by doing that, we were able to take our students swimming with the dolphins in SeaWorld. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Cause that's something that I have done in my, in my own life. So I wanted my students to have that experience. So we did it. We had to fight pretty hard to be able to do that because it was kind of very different <laughs> and mm-hmm. all the parents got to come and they got to do it with their, with their children. And we went down and we put wetsuits on and got in the, in the aquarium with the dolphins and they loved it. And I was actually homeschooling a little girl who had become paralyzed. Um, and She had to work really hard with her OT and PT therapist so that she could be strong enough to go. But she did it. And so we took her, her mom, her little sister and her uncle. And it was just a really great experience for everybody. My students earned their own money. So
0: so the kids are um, so your students are is it high school to 21 before they age out?
1: Yeah. Our students reached their 22nd birthday. Um, I've taught from elementary school all the way till 22.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So I've, I've done the whole range. I actually was very lucky. I started at the elementary school with my, with a set of students. And when I got my credential, I moved to the junior high and I got to take my assistants with me. And so we all stayed together all the way through until that my, all of my students graduated and they, they moved on and, And it was a really neat experience. So we were able to really bond with the parents. And we had a lot of trust with each other, which is really important. And so we got to do a lot of really, really neat things. I live in Southern California in the mountains. And I grew up in a really small town. And the one one thing we got to do was go snow skiing at the local ski hill. It was owned by a family um, in town. And we got to work there um, on the summers to earn our passes. And we would go skiing. And so I wanted my students to have that opportunity too. So I applied for grants and we did it for about four years and they took adaptive ski lessons and it didn't matter what their ability was or disability was. They all had an opportunity to do it. So I had some students who were able to snowboard all the way to students who had like, they called them reins on their skis where the ski instructors kind of guided their skis. And then for the ones that had seizure disorders or weren't strong enough, They actually were in a sled and they took them down. And so it was just, you know, a really neat experience and we all loved it.
0: Oh, my gosh. This kind of like this brings tears to my eyes because it's just it's this whole adaptability and each person can do something. It's just a matter of adapting to where they're at, meeting them where they're at. So here in what I call this exploring the influence of being a good teacher This is what a good teacher does is, one, I love that you had the time to really bond with your students. It's not just kind of like have them for a year and move on. Um, You really had the space to build trust. And that's – I love that word because it's so freaking important. People – like you just have to highlight that word trust because kids have to trust you, one – In order to really be able to open up and expand. But then, um, you know, gaining the trust with the families and um, caregivers, it's just, you can just do so much together when you've earned that space.
1: Yeah, well, you really, really have to have a good close attachment with the families. To be able to say, Well, you know, I want to take your child snow skiing. And I am like, what? You know, I'm like, yeah. And they go, okay, go ahead, you know. And with the administration, because you know, some of the things were kind of, you know, things could happen. And, you know, going swimming with the with the dolphins. I actually had a brand new administrator when we did that. And I he had just started about a month before, and it had already been planned for a year. So he got to go with us. So that was like his first experience as an administrator was going into this pool with the dolphins with our students, you know, <laughs> you know so, but part of that, I, I'm leading into my educational series. So I decided when I got divorced, I decided I wanted to publish the first book and, you know, teachers love to publish books. And so that was my only goal was to actually just publish it. And I didn't really think about marketing or anything else or writing another book. You know, that was like a huge thing for me. And so I immediately started winning awards. I won an Evie Award, and I started getting interviews. And people were asking me, well, what's your next book? And I'm like, I wasn't writing one. (laughs) I don't know. That was it. So from there, um, I have my assistants who are really close. We all kind of collaborated and thought about it. And I love to travel. I got that from my grandmother. So when I published it, I actually then named it after my grandmother, Vernita. So it's called Queen Vernita's Visitors. Mm-hmm. And so the first book, I put all the children in our family, and like my father had passed away, and so I put the children in, thinking, well, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna say anything. They're little kids; they don't care, you know. And then what I found was that actually adults like being in the books, and so that was a really a big surprise for me. Mm-hmm. So I named it Queen Bernitas, and my grandmother um, actually started her own. Um, credit union with her father and they went door to door and got members and started the Methodist credit union. And she was a world traveler. And so um, I just started traveling. My mom would take me and my son traveling when he was 16. We would, we went to Tahiti and Alaska together. And he was such a great sport that he would go with us, you know, and it wasn't really like cool for a 16 year old to be with his mother and his grandmother, but you know, he, <laughs> You know, he, we had a lot of really neat experiences together. We loved Tahiti and um, Alaska was really neat. We went kayaking and all sorts of things. And so we do a lot of traveling as a family. And so all of my adventures are based on actual travels and all the real people in our family, my friends. And I also have included my students.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> We've like, you've, uh, so much, so much goodness. Um, So let's dive into, but first, actually, before we go into our would you rather question, I just want to, before I forget, just address the whole, like when you said you wanted to put a book out, you, were, you weren't you were worried about the how, you just had a goal. you were just like, I, I want to create this book. I'm going to put it out and weren't thinking about the marketing, like you said, wasn't thinking about writing another one. It's just, that was your goal. And I think it's important for people to hear that and to stress that, that when we set goals, we don't have to know everything about it. (laughs) We just know that we want to get to it. And then you didn't know how it was going to unfold. And it led you to this whole different place, which is so freaking freeing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I was getting divorced and it's like, well, what do I, you know, my children were raised and like, what do I do now? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to publish this book. And so I did, I just, I found a self-publishing company and not knowing anything about anything. I didn't try to, to do it traditionally or anything. It's like, this is just what I want to do. And I also started my PhD program. So they kept me really, really busy and centered while I was going through the divorce and the, and all the transitioning and, you know, trying to establish my own life again. And so, no, it, I never anticipated, you know, I'm not a great public speaker. And so none of this was really anything I had. I didn't know what to do, you know, how to do it. But the first, first or second summer, I actually, it was e- a lot easier at that time than it is now, is I would call a bunch of libraries. I think I did like 13 of them over my summer break. And my grandma actually went with me and my mom went with me. And we did a lot of the libraries in Southern California and we were driving down there and my mom was a kindergarten teacher for over 20 years. And I had my grandma with me and she's in the backseat and she says, we need a craft. And I'm like, why do we need a craft? Like I'm going to go read my book, you know, you know, that was enough. And so she actually created a a crown just out of construction paper in the backseat of my car. And that, that was in 2008, 2009. And I'm still using it when I do events and we take stickers and crayons and markers and the kids love it. They create their own crowns. They color their own pictures on it. And if I go to a big event, you can see them all walking around with the little crowns on their heads, even the boys. And that surprises me that the boys like it so much. So we made a crown that looks kind of like um, a King's crown. And so they wear that, but they love it just as much as the little girls and it's just really neat to be at an event and walk around and see your little crowns all over the place. <laughs> and so
0: so much experience is such a huge part in things. like the actual experiential part. Um, that's that's kind of all of what I'm about um, in what I do. And it's getting your hands in. It helps process information more and adds the personalization and really can kind of put people in the space. So, yeah, and again, every this kind of your grandmother was just like we we need a craft and she just came up with that like who knew again it's not planning out every freaking step we think we have to have everything planned but we're more open when we don't yeah because that's when things just kind of flow through and um yeah that's when the magic happens you know
1: yeah i didn't know the rules so i couldn't follow them cuz i didn't know what <laughs> so, you know we're just like okay this is what we're doing you know and and it was, it was really a neat experience. I wish that it was easier to get into the libraries now, but they've made it a lot more difficult. Mm. But mm. the one – so now I have – I'm putting out my 13th book. It should be coming out um, any week now. And I, can, I wrote it all down yesterday, and I've actually won um, 60, 69 awards. Holy crap. For this series, and – Um, I think there's a couple more I'm still trying to look up. I got really busy and wasn't writing them down and things. And so I'm going to look them up. But the one thing that I did um, is it was during the pandemic or right before it. And on Facebook, I saw this ad for Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival. And I didn't have a screenplay or anything that I thought, oh, I've never done that. I like to do things I've never done before and just like try them. And so I wrote I wrote the head of it and I said, "Well, can I enter my books?" And she said, "Of course." And so my books have disabilities in them. They have my students in them. And so I entered them and through them it's a, a mega fest that was in Vegas in July, so I went. And I entered a few other of the I entered Hollywood Dreams and Action on Film and Miracle Makers and My series won the Special Recognition Champion Award from the Conquering Disabilities Film Festival. And then I have another book that's not part of the series. It's based on an experience I had with someone who wasn't very nice. But it's called Dragon's Breath. And that won Best Book for Miracle Makers. Mm -hmm. And they actually played my book trailers on the big screen at the movie theater. And that was just really exciting, you know. I I had never thought that any of that would happen. Right, right. And you know so it's all been you know just it's not anything i ever planned or imagined
0: or it was like oh okay well let's do this you know mm. but it's being open to it okay so here we go quick would you rather question and then we'll dive into the first official question and then have even more of an amazing chat so okay so dr don would you rather wear sweatpants every day for the rest of your life or never wear them again? Oh, every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a teacher. So, you know, we have to get dressed in the morning. <laughs> we have meetings. And we 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 kind of refer to it as dressing for company when we have meetings. <laughs> we have a physical job, so I don't go dressed in heels or anything. <laughs> and so I've been off for two weeks. And so I've been wearing my pajamas or my, you know, it's been snowing. And, uh, you know, I used to be like, oh, this, I'd be so bored. And like, so now I'm getting to the point where,
0: you know, I think it sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Sweatpants, you could dress up. Like there are so many different kinds of sweatpants now. (laughs) so, and yeah, and your job is very physical. If people understand when you're working with people with, you know, Mm -hmm. physical and cognitive uh, developmental disabilities, I mean, you're lifting, you're getting down on the ground, you're, you know, you're not just standing around a desk, um, spouting information.
1: No, no, we have, I have um, five assistants. So we, usually you have that many assistants when you have like a lot of behaviors yeah, and so we, but we do a lot of really fun stuff in the classroom. We just had Purple Easel, which is a painting company, come in and they painted Christmas trees with our students, and it was all from from just a blank canvas. They were really wonderful with our students, and they made it for their Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. And so, in January when we go back, I through, through the process of being an author, I went to the library in San Bernardino, which is local here. And the librarian, her husband, is an international cartoonist. He founded uh, Cartoonists Across America. So he's been coming into my classroom. This will be the third time. And he creates a mural. And then there are four classes within our pod that are special ed. And they each take turns um, painting on the mural. Mm
0: -hmm. So we'll be doing that in January. But this is the beauty of uh, connecting with people and finding out what other people's talents are and bringing them into a space and making everybody's world more expansive. Yes. So, okay, so here we go. (laughs) Let me get into my first official question and then we're going to, we are going to just expand. So um, how do you define creativity? Oh,
1: for me, creativity is... You know what? It's really just anything that comes from your heart where you start from nothing and make it into something just really amazing for whatever it is you're doing. Creativity can be anything from writing a book, illustrating a picture, painting a picture, um, finding ways to help my students. You have to be very creative with that. Um, It could be even (laughs) managing your bills. Sometimes you have to become creative. It's just finding a way to get to where you want to be.
0: I love how you said that it comes from your heart because when it comes from your heart, then it's authentic
1: yes if it's if you're just copying something from something else, you're not really being creative it It has to be original from start to finish.
0: I think that there's ways of i think if you're inspired by something um doesn't always have to be within the context of visual arts, but I'm just in this example, putting it that way. I'll have two examples actually. So let's say you do see something like Van Gogh inspires you. You can put your own twist on that by putting working from your heart because you like the way he uses texture and colors and all of that kind of stuff. I believe that creativity can be born from something else by putting your own heart into it, like you said. Um, Also, like, let's say within sales, let's say you really admire the way um, my son is working for a, uh, he's an inspector for a roofing company and he's been getting a lot of sales trainings and he's really getting inspired by all the different techniques and ways that you can use language in order to approach people because it's all psychological, how it makes people feel and, and you know, all of this kind of stuff, which is what everything boils down to. How do you make people feel when you're yeah. talking to them? That is that basis on how they'll respond to you. So he's been really inspired by watching, like his supervisor um, present all of these different ways and then making it his own.
1: It, yeah, yes, well, like with my teaching, I had amazing mentors. Mm-hmm. And they showed me, you know, what what's important for our students, how to integrate our students, you know, and then I added my own, and and just expanded it um, way beyond what actually they were doing. And when I became an author, when I had about three or four books out, um, that's something authors should be careful of. You, I found someone who was trying to actually kind of copy my books, mm-hmm. and you know, co- go off of my my adventures, you know, which. They're my adventures. (laughs) And so I actually joined the society of children's books, writers and illustrators and met the most amazing people. I mean, you know, they could be New York times, bestselling authors or people who hadn't even, you know, hadn't even published their books yet because it takes a lot of, I'm going to say guts to, to put it out there. Yeah. And criticized any kind of art and, That was one of the best things that I ever did. So I'd highly recommend anybody who wants to do anything is to join organizations where there are other mentors that can help you you're not copying them. They're helping you build your own creativity. Yes. Um, And Kwame Alexander is a, is a publicist is an author for middle school and he has a speech called yes. And when I was really tired at one point, I was at a conference in LA, which were, oh, children's authors are so much fun. And <laughs> he gave this speech about um, saying yes to opportunities, which is what you're saying. And, you know, Harry he is. He's a New York Times bestselling author. They're Disney is making a movie out of one of his books right now. And you're thinking, well, they never went through anything hard or, you know, it was easy for them. And they talk about how many rejections they've had and you know, I, he, you know, he says, I used to be self-published. I used to do this. I used to do that. You know, he said, and at the point where my wife said, I can't do this anymore. You need to get a real job. was when he actually started taking off, but to know that they actually struggled and what they went through. And so I started saying yes to a lot of things and have just, just, just had so many opportunities. And that's kind of what your son is doing. Just new opportunities, new people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that whole saying yes aspect, it's, especially as adults. um, So this is why I started my company, I Am Creative, being an art teacher for 30 years, and then getting, you know, to 51. And I just kind of, for me, I was like, I need to switch this up. I need to, um, I really want to work with adults And this whole adulting thing and why we deny ourselves joy and happiness because we get so stuck in life because we're not saying yes, because we are just kind of like, well, I have too much responsibility. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to pay the rent. I have kids. I have animals. I have, you know, whatever. And people just get stuck, as we know, on the hamster wheel. And just reiterating and showing and inspiring how you can These little baby steps incorporate into your life, which creates more connection, which makes you feel better, which then makes you just you you interact with other people better. And it just makes you happy.
1: Yeah, it feels good. Yes. And you meet the you know, you meet the neatest people. You know, I actually started doing things with Story Monster Magazine, which is out of Tempe, Arizona, and the publisher and the editors. And now I ended up I do write book reviews for them. And I judge their literary contests. And I've driven to, my mom and I have driven to Phoenix, Arizona so many times, you know, to be part of their events. And, you know, they've taught me so much. And I probably wouldn't even, I wouldn't have thought, well, like, what would I have in common with them? Like, they're publishers of a magazine. You know, I have this little series. But, you know, I just have so many more experiences now. So how did you, how did
0: that connection happen? Um, Oh,
1: I entered my books into some of their literary contests. Mm. And all of my books have won, all of my books are Story Monster approved, and they've won either the Purple Dragonfly or the Royal Dragonfly. And then I started going to events with her in Phoenix and Tempe, and it just kind of went from there. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So again, this is trying new things. It's going outside of your box, your wheelhouse, your norm. It's so tell me about those voices that happen. First of all, (laughs) this is an interesting fact. It's a little random, but do you hear, you know, that self talk that we have? My daughter was telling me. I don't know if she got it from TikTok or where she got her information. She's like, do you know that there's a small amount, it's a small percentage of people, I forgot what it is, that of people who actually hear the voice inside their head. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, how could you not hear the voice inside your head? But then in talking to some people, they don't hear the voice inside your head. So do you hear the voice inside your head or does it come through in different ways? Um,
1: Well, it's isn't that your conscience? <laughs> it, it, it says, you know, it's like, Oh, let's try this. Or let's do this. Or um, I'm kind of self driven. So maybe that's my voice. Um, the self talk, some people talk about self talk, like, if you are always kind of in yourself talking down about yourself, Oh, I can't do this. Or, Oh, I'm right. not as good as that person. You know, it really affects what you're doing. I don't I've never really paid a whole lot of attention of other what other people are doing. I don't compare myself to them because my life is very different from theirs. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I – during the pandemic, I, when I couldn't do any more physical events, um, I started doing a lot more interviews and things. And I've talked to people from all over the world. It's been amazing. Um, Australia, New Zealand, um, Jamaica, Canada. You know, it's it's just amazing. And a lot of the countries – Um, are interested in our special ed and and what we're doing with them. But I would never have met any of these people if I had not just said, okay, let's try this. (laughs) Right. So maybe that's my voice. Okay, let's try this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know whether you want to call it like your gut or your intuition or all of that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess just to kind of expand, just to make clear on that, I, I like physically hear a voice in my head. It's kind of like, yeah yeah i don't know i don't know so anyway um but yeah so this whole expansion it's it's beautiful because these conversations i remember um so when the dressing rooms and things were starting to be able to open up during the times of all this my our daughter was traveling to costa rica and um for six weeks and um I got to talking with somebody waiting outside the dressing room, of course, as women do. And she was saying that, uh, you know, her parents owned a uh, travel agency and she's been traveling since she's eight and all of this. And we just talked about how important it is to have these experiences. Yes. And be able to see that people are people. They have different customs, um, different routines, different, you know, within different cultures, but there are so many similarities because we're all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just so important to have those experiences.
1: Oh, yes. That's, you know, people think travel is something you do, you know, as a a treat or something, you know, but you really need to travel, even if it's just, you know, getting in your car and going some, you know, going to a different environment. You know, I've had a lot of conversations, you know, I, I'm in California. And you're on the east coast so my growing up in a small mountain community is going to be very different from what you you're growing up right whatever your circumstances was and we tend to forget that yeah you know we're not all coming from the same place we're all people we all have the same needs basic needs but we've all had very different experiences
0: yeah and when you were actually talking about uh the person who uh speaks and uh, the whole thing about saying yes um, and how things were hard, and you never would know it, you know, unless he shared the story. Again, I just think it's important to highlight and say, like, you don't know people's stories. Right. You don't know people present differently on the, There are people that present exactly what's going on, and it shows up, like, there's no question. And then there are other people that present and don't show you their story. They don't show you their struggle. They don't show you where they came from, because they don't want to share that aspect. It's not something that needs to be seen. Um, And I just think that's something that I learned in all of the years of teaching. So grateful for is that awareness and um, just the awareness and being grateful of hearing people's stories when they did feel, when they feel safe and they feel like they can trust you. I had students that I had no idea that were living in homeless shelters. Right. Um, And they didn't present this. They didn't present that way. You just wouldn't know um, until her teacher shared some information. I was like, ah, interesting. This this explains certain things um, and behaviors, but um, you just wouldn't know. So and then some people just wear it on their sleeve and are just acting out and throwing supplies across the room and getting into fights, but then found out that, you know, their father was just arrested the day before. Um, Right. So they're they're a little upset.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 I started doing because, you know, people see, well, you know, I have a PhD and I've been teaching for 20 years and I have this series and I travel. But people don't think that they think, well, that just happened. You had all that because nothing bad ever happened to you. And so you didn't have to start over. Or, you know, swim upstream or anything. And so I talk a lot about, yeah, I did. You know, I had a domestic, domestic violence in my divorce. I've been married 27 years. I had to start over, you know, and then, and then when I started dating, I was stalked by some dumb person, d- dumb woman, <laughs> and actually wrote a book about it. It's called Dragon's Breath. But You know, I was in a car accident when I was 16 and spent my junior year in a um, body cast. So, yes, I've had struggles. I've had that happen to me. I've had to fight my way back. And, you know,
0: it it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. But it's like these stories, you know, don't you agree that it's people can become victims of their circumstances or they can, you know, move on and say yes which is so much of what you'd been saying that you just were like, yes, I'm saying yes. And I'm opening myself up to these experiences and not knowing the hell or getting laser focused. And this is what I want to do. Um, you have a choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to fight. I mean, everybody has, everybody has a story. Everybody has something they've been through and you have to fight and find, find that place in the world. Where you are. Yeah. And it's always great to focus on how you can positively impact other people. And I can't show you the books, but I wrote one. I have a friend when I got divorced. I have a friend I grew up with who lives in Kona. And so I got to go there, you know, every six months or so and stay with him and his wife and just relax and enjoy the island and all that. But I actually wrote two books about them. And one is he's a sea captain deaf and she's Enchantress Carrie, and it's all about the adventures. My son, we actually all flew out there. My son got married on the beach there. Mm. And so, in 2019, I published Queen Verena to Conquers the Volcanic Islands, and it's about swimming with the sharks and the, um, and the volcanic island, the volcanic national park. And I added Rhett syndrome and autism. Mm. And, the child who has autism is at the volcanic national park and he's with his dad and he's teaching, he uses a a communication device because he's nonverbal. And so he's teaching the queen about it. And so, you know, you were talking about that, that we have to remember that our students are people Mm -hmm. who have, you know, some needs. And so the students that are in my books, I usually only put about two in the books. They're just living their lives and you're just reading the book and then, Oh, There's a child who has autism, and he has a special communication need, and he's teaching the queen. So a child or an adult who's reading this, they know that, oh, if someone in the campus has a phone or they have, you know, their iPad, they're not playing games. They're trying to communicate, and then you can focus on that. And the other little girl, she has Rett syndrome, and she's making lays, lacing the lays with flowers for her classmates. So she's going to school. She wants to share with her classmates her mom's helping her and her mom's explaining to the queen why she needs help a little bit about Rett syndrome. What and is Rett? What is Rett syndrome? It's a form of autism actually. Mm-hmm. And I can read her page if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so they're making lays out of the flowers and the queen is there and Heather and Ireland were busy making lays out of beautiful pink and violet hibiscus flowers. How gorgeous your lays are, and their aroma is intoxicating, exclaimed the queen. I am helping Ireland make 30 lays, one for each day of April, to celebrate spring with her classmates. Ireland has trouble with her ability to use her fingers due to her Rett syndrome, Heather explained as she laced another flower onto the string. Ireland is beautiful. What is Rett syndrome, asked the queen. Monday, the queen learned that Rett syndrome is a genetic brain disorder. Tuesday, she learned it affects language, coordination, and causes repetitive movements. Wednesday, Heather explained it is a rare neurological and developmental disorder. Thursday, the queen saw Ireland's lack of use of eye and body movements. Friday, Heather explained to the queen that even though Ireland doesn't speak, she has many facial expressions that spark louder, that speak louder than words. Saturday, Heather explained that Rett syndrome mainly affects females and is a mutation of the MECP2 gene. Sunday, Heather informed the queen that Rhett syndrome is so rare that it affects fewer than 20,000 children in the kingdom per year. Wow. The queen had so many lays she could hardly carry them, but she put a single red hibiscus flower behind her ear, signifying that she is not married. This is a Tahitian custom, she learned. The fragrant aroma followed her as she found Brent waiting for her to take her to the orange sand beach. Take care, my dear Ireland and Heather, enjoy your spring celebration. Mm. That's her page.
0: What's so amazing about that to me is that there are so many conversation starters in there because you're, you're putting all this in the, in the context of a story that it all flows really nicely and introducing these characters and then you're educating people and having people be able to ask questions and even look things up if they want or you know, just expanding people's knowledge. Thank and you for that.
1: And they don't really know that they're learning.
0: They don't. They don't because it's all within the context of the story.
1: Uh, A lot of times I'm asked, well, are you going to write a story about disabilities? And I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, because then we're focusing on the disabilities and not the adventure or the information or, you know, the volcanic park or the flowers or the lays or, you know, swimming with the dolphins or we're not focusing on that. They're doing all of that. So. Mm I don't want to focus on just, oh, the story about disabilities.
0: <laughs> Hear that, everybody? It's focusing on the adventure. Yes. Yes, because people with disabilities are people. Yes. And they just bring their light to the world in ways that they bring their light to the world, like we all do. We all have disabilities. Um, it's just we may not have a label, per se. Uh, so, so friggin' important. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just in love with this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we talked about um, a lot of ways already that you incorporate creativity into your own life um, through travel, through your writing, through your teaching. Is there anything that you want to add to that that you enjoy doing for yourself or um, as far as any morning routines or just whatever ways that you incorporate creativity into your life?
1: Um, No, that pretty much takes up a lot of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Do you- when, I, when I have downtime, I watch TV. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite show or anything that you like? Do you like movies? Do you like TV shows?
1: Well, I like Godzilla movies.
0: <laughs> okay. And
1: when I was a little younger, uh, I really liked um, – Slasher movies, which is very strange for a children's author and a teacher, but you know, <laughs> they're movies; they're all imagination. Um, I really, I really like those. Um, right now, I've been watching um, How to Get Away with Murder on Netflix. <laughs>
0: so, okay,
1: only a couple more days, and I got to go back to work. But one thing that we did um, recently, my publisher has someone at Netflix that is interested in the series. So we took two of my books. I wrote one with my brother, who's an astronomer at JPL up here. And we wrote a book called Queen Queen Rainy and Meet Sir Heathy Beam, the Astronomer. So his name is Heath. When he was little, I called him Heathy Beam. So now he's Sir Heathy Bean. And he wanted to be a professor with all this wild hair and bunny slippers. So that's what he is in the book. But we turned that book and we go camping every year at Halama Beach. It's, it's up in the central coast of California. And there's usually 25 of us. And I turned that into a screenplay. So we've just finished that and um, been entering it into film festivals and hopefully Netflix will be interested.
0: Oh my gosh. That's incredible. (laughs) That's wow. So I want to ask you a little bit about your thought process, but first I do want to mention about the slasher movies. (laughs) My husband is a uh, TV film editor and producer and um, he's explained to me on many occasions that slasher movies and horror movies are really kind of comedies. He's like <laughs> when you look at it in that way he's like people are having the actors and actresses are having so much fun doing it because it's so over the top yeah and it's so extreme. That because I personally get caught up in um, this empathic way of I'm like, I I can't like it just it doesn't work for me. I kind of get caught up in what I'm seeing. And he keeps saying to me, it's just a movie. They're having so much fun and laughing about it. I'm like, I can't laugh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you can't really think about, well, oh, you know, the ones that are kind of more based on realistic things, I can't watch those, because it's, you know, it's like, no. But when I was growing up, Jaws came out, so that's how old I am, but we were so scared of Jaws, we wouldn't go into the ocean, and now you watch it, and you're like, really?
0: (laughs) Yes, it's so (laughs) mechanical-looking. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, they actually, when we would spend the summers at the beach, um, it was playing in the theater at the beach thinking, really? (laughs) That's what, that's what you would show it. Like, you know, a beach community.
1: (laughs) Yeah. When I was 18, it was like, there's sharks in there. And it's like, oh my gosh, now you look at it and you're thinking, that is so obviously fake. (laughs) like, why (laughs) are we afraid of it? (laughs)
0: It's so funny. There's this place uh, locally called like Smoothie Movies and we ordered these smoothies and while we were waiting for them, they have like all these different movies. And when I was watching, I'm thinking, what are the hair in the outfit, 70s? And I'm like, wait a minute, is this Jaws? (laughs) He said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So what I wanted to ask you about your ideas. So when as you're creating your books, which are turning into movies and screenplays and all these things, what do you do for yourself? Are these just kind of like quick and easy downloads that just come to you? Um, Is there, are you, do you create outlines and structures? Like, how does it, how does it work for you? It may not be the same each time. Just curious.
1: Well, they're all based on my actual adventures. So, we do a lot, like during the pandemic, my, my children are all grown, and I have six grandchildren. Uh, they did a lot of camping. They planned family camping trips. So about once a month, we went, all went camping. And we went to the Grand Canyon, and we went to Zion. And so they're going to be books. <laughs> so while we're there camping, and I'm with my family, and we're doing all of that, I'm thinking about, oh, I wonder if this would be a really good book. Like, what grade level would it be? And what would I put it? I like to put kind of different things in there so for the grand canyon um we use actual pictures of the adventures and my illustrator makes them into the illustration and my children and grandchildren were riding bicycles on the rim so that'll be great <laughs> and we we were staying at a koa so we went they had um go-karts and so that'll be a page you know and we hiked down which which turned out to be like the hardest trail the angels trail or something and so we didn't get very far but we have pictures and you can barely see us and you could just see the winding trail that goes down to the grand canyon well that will be in the book you know and we're just living we're just living our lives we did some um gold panning the kids did you know and so the different kinds of things that we'll do based on whatever grade level i think it'll be so that would be like sixth grade because we're going to have a lot of geological information Um, and we just do that One I published, it's my mom's favorite, but she took all of us, there was 19 of us on, there's a train that goes from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And so one Thanksgiving, we all went. And then when we got back, we put our pajamas on and we got on the Polar Express and we had people there from in their seventies to, I think my grandson might've been two and So I actually published a book on it. It's called Queen Vernita's Magical Christmas Train Ride. And Monday, I won an award from Power Conversations Magazine. It's the International Author Boss Award for that book. And it's pre-K, and it's about the train ride. It has all my grandchildren, you know, looking out the train, and it talks about the trees and the bandits, the bandits game, and the music and all of that. And so everything I do comes from what I'm actually doing in my life. So, you know, after I do it, then I outline each month what each month I want to talk about and seven facts. And then um, my illustrator takes our actual pictures and incorporates them into
0: the illustration. And then we go from there. Wow. Real life experiences. So the Polar Express was the Polar Express in... This area in Arizona or where you said it was? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, the Polar Express is all over the place. (laughs) Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It it was actually part of the train depot, so it was part of that program. Um, We were in Williams, Arizona, but I know they do them all over. But, yeah, it was really neat. And by the time we got back, because we'd been on the train to the Grand Canyon and it was snowing, so it was really neat, um, my grandson fell asleep in Santa Claus's lap. And that's actually the um, cover of the book. Oh, my God. And then we went to Flagstaff and went to a Santa's workshop. And the kids actually got to make um, stuffed animals. And so they're part of that. That's one of the illustrations that they're working inside Santa's workshop, making it. But they actually did that. So all of um, everything just comes from my life.
0: As you're talking, it's just like is popping into my head. Like things do not have to be so hard. Like here we sit and we think, okay, I have to invent something that's from nothing. I have to, you know, that everything is how, 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 where's it going to come from? And here you're taking your real life experiences, which are these adventures, and you are turning it into, you're using your imagination to turn it into these spaces, these magical spaces. And um, yeah, just so inspirational.
1: Yeah, that's, I, that's the one thing I do really suggest for people who want to try something different. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be writing a book. But look at your own life. People think, well, I don't do anything interesting. Or yes, you do. <laughs> yes. You, you might not know that you do, but someone else might not know what even, what even that is. Right. You know, and so you start doing it, you start talking about it, and then you're, you might affect someone else. And I always say, if you've positively affected one person, you've done a good job. You know, you, you don't do things for the money, we all need money, but you don't do it to chase the money. You're, you're impacting people positively. Mm-hmm. And if you're impacting them
0: positively, good things will come from it. Yeah yeah exactly. Ah, uh, so before we go on to the third question, um, uh, before and we wrap it up, I kind of want to go back to the classroom for you a little bit um and just ask, so, how many students do you generally have in a classroom?
1: Um, I've had between my lowest has been probably seven or eight up to twenty one.
0: Wow, twenty one.
1: At one point, I had two classrooms just by accident. <laughs> and it just kind of expanded until I just said, I can't do this, you guys. <gasps> oh, my God. I There was a while, there a few years ago, there was a political push to kind of go after public education. Yes. And so they went after the special ed, the lawyers did. And so I had a lot of... That I was given they were they weren't mine to begin with, but high-profile cases and some behaviors. So I had like a room with the behaviors, and then I had an academic room. And um, you know, when they they gave me, I think they were I was on my twenty-second student. I just said I can't do this. You <laughs> know, you know I you know it was wearing me out. And so now, right now, I started the year with fifteen, and right now I have I believe I have seven. Um, wow. And so it'll be really nice. Um, I have this, I've had the same team for about eight years now, and we do really well. I'm, I just love them. And so we're going to do a lot of really fun stuff now with the students, go into the community a lot more, um, bring a lot more people. We, I had an author friend come in, and she actually did eight classrooms and brought boxes and boxes of books. Um, I work with, it's called Hindi's Libraries out of Long Island. And I actually just judged one of their literary contests, and I donate my books to them. And she was part of that, too. And so we just donated boxes and boxes of books to the students. And so one opportunity leads to another opportunity. You know, you just if you just say yes, you know, you get to do so
0: many different things. So many different things. Did you always want to be a teacher, or did it just kind of happen?
1: Well, when I – my kids were little. When I first graduated from high school, I wanted to be a business person. I was going to have a business. I wasn't going to stay home with my kids, you know, all of that. I was going to be independent. And then I met my husband, got married, and had three babies. (laughs) And I stayed home with them. And at that point, I thought, well, my mom was a kindergarten teacher at that point. And I said, well, I'm going to be a preschool teacher. You know, I can do that. And I actually got all of my um, certificates for being a preschool teacher. And I got sick. And went back to school and part of my training, getting credits at junior college was you could get credits for volunteering or working. So I worked in my mom's classroom, took my little girls with me, and she taught me well. She taught me how to be a teacher. And
0: it just went from there. Mm-hmm. Again, just being kind of open. We don't know. We can have these ideas of this is how this is going to happen. And it doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> it's not always what we're supposed
1: to be doing. Yeah, You have to be open to a new path.
0: Have to be open to a new path. Oh my gosh. Okay. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, the third and final official question is, um, why do you think creativity is important?
1: Oh, it's, it's the mainstay of
0: human life.
1: I mean, um, without creativity, nothing's invented. Nothing is discovered. Um, You know, we would be dormant if we weren't using our creativity in some way. And that's something you have to remember. Creativity is not just art or writing or it's inventions. It's being creative in the classroom, you know, finding ways to help your students. You have to get creative sometimes, you know, living your life. You know, that creativity encompasses almost everything we do.
0: Yeah, I would pretty much say it does incorporate, encompass everything, like how you wake up, what you choose to, if you have a morning routine or not, um, what you choose to put on your body, if how you choose to wear makeup, if you're wearing makeup, how you choose to wear your hair, what you're choosing to eat, all of these, all of these are creative aspects um, in your life, how you, you know, if you're a parent, how you parent, how you, um, how you approach your, you know, your jobs, how you just, everything, everything is a choice and is a, is an expression.
1: Yes. It's how you're expressing yourself and your, what you
0: love, your passions. And that's when, which is why I started what I do with my, with I am creative, with this podcast, with my publishing house, is that when people are not expressing themselves is when people Feel frustrated and angry and sad.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Because they're not allowing it to come through. They're not allowing, they're not giving themselves permission to have the time, even if it's five minutes. I'm not talking about hours and hours. When people I find are so completely, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do. I'm not good at anything. Mm. Even if it's finding five minutes, to go for that walk because you like being in nature. Right. To make that drink, that smoothie, or, you know, be in the kitchen because you really do enjoy cooking, but it's been a really long time. Either find the recipe or just take ingredients and start making something.
1: Right.
0: It doesn't have to be a, a life, you know, uh, I'm quitting my job and and just mm. altering my life in every way. But I promise that when you do do these things, your life will change.
1: Right. And And to think that you're not good at, I'm not good at anything. That's that self-talk. That's that's that doubt. But that isn't true. You just haven't discovered what it is you're really good at or you haven't opened yourself up enough to. And it does. It takes a lot of guts to get out in the world and present yourself, your art, your writing, you know, because there are critics. There are people who are going to criticize what you're doing, you know, and but it's, you know, it's coming from your heart. So you just have to keep putting it out
0: there. Which is what you said in the beginning, creativity is coming from your heart. And whatever it is that I remember, I had a guest on here before. He is a Mm -hmm. biologist and we went to high school together, but it had been many, many years since we'd spoken. And he was like, Hollis, I have no idea why you asked me to be here. Like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I'm like, oh my God, you are the person I need to exactly be speaking to. I'm like, why are you a biologist and a teacher? And he's like, I like looking through the microscope. I think it's sexy to see the colors and the shapes, the way they come together. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is why we're talking.
1: You know, yeah. See, he doesn't even under he doesn't appreciate the fact that that is creativity. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And that's like, we were as like the end of the conversation. He's like, oh my God, (laughs) we need to do this again. I didn't realize, I didn't realize, but it's like you said too, you said something to that effect as we were speaking is people don't, we take advantage of the fact because it just comes naturally to us or we just do it that not everybody can.
1: Right. And he's not even appreciating the fact that He has to be creative to engage his students, to keep their attention, to get them interested in biology, you know. Yes. You know, they're teenagers.
0: (laughs) Right. Or at the top of their list. (laughs) And in his case, it's college. Uh But yeah, but no, exactly. Like in uh, teaching in any situation, there's so much creativity that comes with it. Because if you speak in a monotone voice and say, oh, today we're talking about biology, who the hell wants to listen to that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like nobody, no kid, no adult, nobody. You're just going to fall asleep and you're going to be daydreaming and you're going to, but if you're doing, if you're like having big body movements, if you're showing them interesting information, if they're actually hands on, then they're engaged. It's an experience. Right. Right.
1: And then they'll see how it fits into their life. You yes. know, biology can be intimidating even for college students.
0: <laughs> That's a really good point to make though. People need to see, it means something to people when they can see themselves in it. Yes. So it how it fits into their life. Yeah. Okay. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, can you please tell people how they can find you?
1: Uh, my publisher is Rushmore Press. I have a Facebook, Don Menge One, an Instagram, Don Menge, Twitter, Queen Vernita. I have a website, Doctor Don Menge. Um, you can contact me on any of those. Any of those avenues, if you'd like an author-signed copy, let me know. If you'd like to buy a book and you're not sure which one would be the best, because they do go from pre-K to sixth grade, um, send me a note and I'll let you know um, based on your your child's level, which would be the best one, or your interests. Wonderful. Or if you read my books, really like them.
0: (laughs) Say that again. I'm sorry. If you read my books and you really like them, let me know. <laughs> yes. Feedback, feedback. People, we love hearing this kind of information. Yes. So, oh my gosh. So before we go, is there any kind of final words of wisdom, advice, anything that's on your mind that you want to share? You
1: know, just get out there and try, you know, maybe you won't be successful right off the bat, but, you know, just try different avenues, try different paths, you know, see what, see what's. What creativity, see what you have to give to the
0: world. You know, what is your passion? Don't be afraid. Yes. Don't, don't be afraid. Just do it. And you learn. It's a process. We make mistakes along the way and embrace those mistakes because they lead to all these other avenues that we never would have thought of. Right. Right. So Dr. Dawn, thank you so much for spending this hour. This was the perfect way to round up 2021. I really appreciate you and I'm totally inspired by you. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And if anybody would like to contact me, Let me know. Yes, yes, yes. So this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting, and sharing stories. So please like, follow, and share. I'm on all of those Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, any space that you can obviously hear on Podbean. Um, Any space, please uh, like, Give a review, all of that kind of stuff. It helps with the algorithms and is much appreciated. And all that, how all that works. And if you're feeling inspired to write a story um, and you're not exactly where to start, my publishing house, Express Yourself Publishing, is putting together a multi-author book now called "Invisible No More: Stepping Into the Spotlight." So I would love to chat with you if it's something that interests you. Just reach out. So wherever you are in the world. I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to talking to you in 2022. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativephilly.com. I am Creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice, everybody has an expression, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.